Hi everyone, welcome back to Attention to Detail. This is Jacob Joyce. I'm coming to you to t today with a episode that I'm really excited about. It's something that we've been wanting to do for a while about the connections between listening to classical music, some of the techniques that we do on this podcast surrounding attention, and meditation. Meditation is something that I have done for many years. It's informed some of the techniques on this podcast. And I think it's something that if our listeners do now, they can relate to some of the techniques that we're doing. And if they don't do, uh, this discussion might be even more beneficial. And so I'm really excited to be joined today by Mary Meckley, who is the host of the Daily Meditation Podcast, a podcast that I've listened to for, for many years and, and very much enjoyed. And she also has a app, the Sip and Ohm app, which is uh, a meditation app that also, um, she can she can tell you a little bit more about it, but you get two weeks free if you if you go in and download this app. So I want to welcome, warmly welcome to the podcast, Mary Meckley. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. Hi, Jacob. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. So I, um, I wanted to start by, by asking you a little bit about uh, meditation in general and specifically when people who are less familiar with meditation hear the word meditation or when they think about what that actually is. I think the common perception is that it's about stopping all of your thoughts or turning off your attention um, something like that. And for me, at least in my own non-expert meditation practice, I've come to learn that it's, it's very different from that. And so can you talk a little bit about the connections between meditation and your attention? What happens with your attention when you meditate? And that, that notion that it's, it's just about turning off your brain or, or stopping thoughts or something like that. Sure. Yeah, you're right. A lot of people think that meditation is sitting down and just zoning out, but that couldn't be further from the truth. Meditation is incredibly dynamic. You are fully attentive, fully alert, but you're attentive and alert in a calm state. And that can be a little bit hard to explain until you really begin to experience as you meditate more. And it really doesn't take that long to get to a point where you start to notice these differences between you're not zoning out, that meditation is really dynamic and engaging and very calming. It takes about two weeks of 10 minutes a day for your mind to start handling stress in a better way. This is what science has shown us. There's been a lot of research on meditation these days. And if you meditate consistently for 60 days for 10 minutes a day, you've actually created new neural pathways in your brain. 
So you begin to respond to stress in a much better way. So when you sit down to meditate, you feel this inner stillness. You feel as though you are detaching from scattered thoughts, distractions, and really feeling deeply centered within yourself. So you notice right away that there's a big difference between zoning out and meditating. Yeah, you know, that's that's fascinating. Certain that really resonates with my own, again, non-expert kind of amateur experience with with meditation is that I, I didn't really believe um, that it was something other than just turning off your thoughts until, like you said, I, I did it for two weeks or longer and, and you start feeling it. And it's a similar thing to what we talk about in this podcast, because I think similar to meditation, a lot of people have this preconception about classical music that it is, um, it's, I think people think it's relaxing, but not relaxing in the same way that we're talking about. It's relaxing in a kind of mind in the passive state type of relaxation where you just sit back and turn your mind off effectively. And it's this, it's this balance between, uh, not being, not forcing your mind to be too active, but also really having your mind engaged as you, as you do in, in meditation. And I'm curious if you, um, how do you go about explaining that or trying to, because I'm sure one of the things you, you come in contact with, with your podcast, with your app is trying to bring new people into meditation. And like you said, it's a hard thing to, uh, to understand until you actually feel it. So have you come up with a way or is there a strategy you have for explaining the sensation or trying to uh, convince people that that these stigmas are not really true who are newer to, to meditation? Well, on my podcast, I begin each episode where I share some information or some insight so it's engaging the active brain. Mm. And then I share a technique, a different technique every day. And we focus on a theme throughout the entire week. So each week's theme is different and each day's meditation technique goes right along with that theme. And I find that if you just hit play and somebody just starts guiding you instantly through meditation, it's not often as effective as if you allow your mind to transition to a state where you feel still and open and receptive to meditate. And I'm sure it's the same with music. Music also lifts your mood. It can slow your breathing. And it can also create a lot of stress-inducing changes, just like meditation. When you combine music with meditation, you can deepen the positive effects of both. And this greatly helps reduce your stress. But if you are really busy throughout your hectic day and you sit down in your meditation space or you're playing your music, even classical music, which is considered to be some of the most calming music, 
we often think, oh, we're just going to instantly calm ourselves. But think about how outward your energy has to be to kind of get through a regular day, to go through work, to talk to so many different people, to commute, to do all these things that we do every day. Our attention is focused out there, outward. And meditation and listening to classical music brings you more inward. So there's a transition phase where you gently guide yourself to that more calmer, slower pace. And again, it doesn't have to be a slow pace because meditation is really dynamic. You can do breathing techniques. You can do all kinds of techniques that engage your senses. Just as listening to classical music, you're brought on a journey. Your emotions can go in a lot of different directions, but you're still in a state where you're enjoying the experience and you're feeling calm and centered by the whole experience. So that transition phase, to me, is key. Yeah. Sorry, I want to hang on to that because... Um, this is something we talk about a lot on the podcast of readying yourself for a concert, um, preparing, whether it's at home or right before the concert starts, preparing your mind, your about everything to be ready to listen to that concert to the best of your ability. But you mentioned a lot of things there. I want to come back to that. But But first, you mentioned the connection between or how meditation can be enhanced by music and maybe vice versa. And I know for me, being a musician, being particularly attuned to my own ears, I think the primary tool that I've often been taught in meditation is is the breath. But I often find that the most powerful portions of a meditation practice or times when I, I really feel the most engaged is when there's, when you're focusing on the, the sounds around you or, um, something to do with sound. So can you, can you talk a little bit about kind of, um, how sound can, whether it's music, whether it's ambient sounds that just the, the sounds of daily life around you, how that comes into, either your or a general meditation practice and um, yeah. And what, what you, what you do in your practice with, with the phenomenon of, of sound. That is such an excellent question because when you are meditating, you can focus your mind on one point and you can engage your senses in different ways and this makes your meditation so dynamic just as listening to classical music the piece can offer so many different directions for you to go bringing your emotions on this journey and so when you focus on one particular aspect of your meditation maybe it is a bird you hear chirping outside if you're listening to a piece of classical music, it could be some instrument that's very subtle. The more subtle you can bring that little element 
to the focus, the more you're able to really deepen your experience. So meditation and even listening to different kinds of music, but especially classical music, it helps you to become calmer. So you're more open and receptive to these nuances or the subtleties of what you're experiencing in that moment. It's that moment you're experiencing the music or that moment you're experiencing the meditation. And if you combine meditation with music, as I mentioned, this can even deepen and enrich your experience even more. So, for example, if you go on a walking meditation and you listen to music, this can be a great way to engage all your senses. If you go outside, you're going to hear many beautiful nature sounds around you, depending on where you're walking. You might be in a city, but you're still going to hear some pleasant sounds. And you could focus on those sounds. And then maybe you hear somebody drive by and they have a really loud muffler and it just kind of irks you and you think, yeah, I'm on my walk. I wish I could just, <laughs> you know, not have somebody's loud muffler. But then you just accept that sound and you think, okay, this is part of my experience, part of my journey today. And you kind of think about, well, what am I going to do with this sound? It's there. And you just allow it to be there. And you can even focus on different elements of that sound so it's not so jarring. And that is such a great way to really begin to kind of hone in on your meditation ritual to focus your mind yeah, you know, that's I, I personally just find that really interesting because for a long time I when I lived in Boston, when I commuted to school, I would often I had busy days and I, I, I didn't often fit a meditation into my day and so I would try to meditate on the commute to uh from from home to school and I took the public bus and when I started trying to do this um, you know, there were tons of very kind of distressing, annoying sounds. And I ended up doing, I ended up settling on basically doing a meditation on the bus every day where I just closed my eyes and, and as you said, focused on all the sounds around me and didn't treat the, the muffler sound of the bus as a disturbing sound, but just as one of many and, it was like a complete 180 for me and what what had originally been distractions became just just part of the meditation and i really think that helped me enormously in as you mentioned being able to hear details because a lot of times in a piece of classical music we gravitate towards one thing whether it's the melody or the loudest thing or the highest most shrill thing that's going on and what we talk about here on attention to detail, hence the name of our podcast, is we want people to not only gravitate towards those things, but but catch more of what's going on. The composer wouldn't have included other things if they didn't think they were valuable and if they weren't contributing. And so I wanted to ask you, because you kind of touched on it in, in what you just said, too, this idea you know, I think it's it's a challenge. It's almost 
paradoxical what we talk about here on the podcast because attention to detail, trying to catch the the minutia of what's going on and focusing on on details as opposed to letting something wash over you can feel like a very kind of tight, uh, active, aggressive process where you're really like aggressively trying to hear each detail as it goes by. And one thing that some of my music teachers have mentioned to me when I'm conducting uh, what, what I've learned in meditation is the idea of soft focus versus maybe what we would call hard focus. This idea, it, and it sounds like you kind of touched on it a little bit in what you said before, uh, how you, you, you're both hearing details and hearing the, the, the smaller sounds outside as you're walking, but you're also hearing those louder sounds and it, it makes up this whole pastiche of sounds where you're not focusing on one. Can you talk a little bit about that idea in meditation, the idea of soft versus, I don't know if it's called hard focus, but at least the idea of soft focus. Sure. Yeah. That's just such an excellent analogy. So soft focus is a term often used in photography where the background is kind of blurred, but the subject is really, you know, sharp. Mm. And, um, when you think about meditation or music, there is this big background, you know, there you are, you are there seated and you're there listening to music. And then you have this whole world going on around you. And it's not as though that stops or that you block it out. And that's really key because I think a lot of people think that when they meditate, they're going to be able to just block things out or that they won't still experience stress. So they'll become, you know, suddenly they won't feel stress because they will have just meditated so well but actually what happens is that we still experience the full range of human emotions so all those emotions are still out there but you're able to kind of filter the emotions that are kind of really difficult you're able to handle those in a much better way so they don't just yank you out of your more centered state of of being and um, when you are listening to music, if you can listen to some subtle sound and even think about how that sound enhances the experience, the overall experience, that can be a great meditation in and of itself. Mm. If you disengage yourself, if you close your eyes, and I know we're going to be doing a little guided mini meditation to help you listen to music, which will guide you through this experience. But if you focus on just some element of the music or of your experience and you, you identify it, you, you name it, you identify it. When you name it and you identify it and you kind of really start to notice how it's making you feel or how it contributes to the overall scheme, then you begin to appreciate it. And what happens is when you do this again and again, you're really working on being able to focus your mind really well. And over time, it's, it's amazing 
the benefits you notice and how much richer all your life experiences seem because you're able to kind of fine tune your experiences better than if you're just, you know, scattered this way, that way, not really noticing the nuances. Sometimes the most important details are in the nuances. And then you begin to notice that, yeah, this stress in your life actually maybe really helped you in many ways, or this horrible experience you may have had or difficult conversation with someone, you know, that could have really helped the situation, or at least you could have understood why it happened. So you begin to think like that. And so it's just a great combination to meditate and have music to help you focus. Yeah. You know, a couple of things you said there, uh, again, really, really resonated with me. One is uh, the, the, a lot of the techniques that we talk about on this podcast, including the first four, the, the kind of fundamental techniques that are our first four episodes, they're based on this idea of um, it, it's cha- it, we've we've changed them slightly to be tailored more to the world of music. But this idea, which you kind of touched on, of non-judgmental uh, noting of things that happen because one thing that we ask our listeners to do is not to try to in the beginning not to try to interpret everything you hear or or um hear something and immediately you like that or you don't like that or you know what it is or you don't know what it is you just hear it you note it it's it's part of the overall structure of the music and if you do that process for a while, like meditation, then you're going to really learn how to listen to music. Like in meditation, I think you learn how to listen to yourself when you, when you, instead of noting a feeling of uh, anxiety or stress or something like that, as you just identify it and immediately try to get away from that as soon as possible, if you kind of non-judgmentally note it, it's just one of many things going on, then you start, that's the process by which you start truly dealing with, with things that you may want to deal with. And I'm curious, I just, this is a little bit of a tangent, but it resonates so much with my own experience, this idea that I often found, because occasionally I, um, I would be anxious about something. And when I started meditating, it, it, it was born out of effectively anxiety. And I, I thought, you know, let me, let me do something that uh, I guess another misconception, maybe you might disagree that this is a misconception, but I'm curious to hear your, your take is that meditation is kind of a, a good bandaid for something like that, where you meditate and you're calmer. And so you feel better. And I often, I often found that when I meditated in the beginning, especially I felt worse because I would, I would meditate and I would get to the end. And the first thing I would think is, do I, do I feel better? Uh, maybe not. Okay. This didn't work. This is terrible. And it actually, I found that what helped a lot was sustained practice where 
I meditated on days when I was anxious. I meditated at times when I was anxious. I meditated on days when I wasn't anxious, at times when I wasn't anxious. So then when, when I came to a meditation in the day, it didn't really matter. Are you anxious? Are you not anxious? Are you stressed? Are you not stressed? It just kind of is. And, and um, so I'm curious your idea. This is a little bit unrelated, but, but your idea of this meditation as a, as a band-aid versus sustained practice. Because in the, the way it does relate to us is that we really talk a lot about the fact that you kind of have to have a sustained listening practice like you potentially do a meditation practice to, to learn this stuff. It's not these techniques or any techniques that someone gives you to listen to a concert just won't really work if you go one time and you try to get everything you can out of that one concert and that's it. It has to be something that you develop and work on. And yes, yeah, so I'm curious your take on that. Yeah, no, what you mentioned actually relates and is really one of the keys to meditating successfully and maybe to doing most things successfully. And so when you're talking about um, how, you know, you have these expectations and you kind of come away feeling disappointed, that's it. It's, we call it non-attachment or letting go of your ego in meditation and yoga. And when you have this expectation, like, well, I'm just, I'm going to meditate because, you know, I want to reduce anxiety. And then you sit down and you don't really feel that calmer. And in fact, you felt fidgety, your mind was wandering, you thought it was boring, all these things, you were uncomfortable, seated. Then you just develop, you know, all these likes and dislikes. So as you're saying, when you listen to music, just let it be. Just kind of gradually allow yourself to notice certain things. But it's really important to honor yourself and to honor the process and where you are in the process. And to know that, you know, this this truly is a, a journey that is a, a lifelong journey and it encompasses all of you. It's not as though, you know, you're just taking up a hobby. I mean, this is a, a, a light, an enriching life ritual or experience. And so when you listen to music or you meditate, the effects stay with you and you get better and better at becoming more adapted to what you're experiencing. So if you're listening to music and a song or a type of music comes on that just like, you know, you really don't like, if you kind of just notice like, yeah, this, this music is, I don't, I, I don't like this music. And you, you acknowledge that instead of trying to go, oh, you know, I'm just going to be super accepting, but you're not really to that place yet. You know, you're still kind of judging this music and you just notice, well, I'm feeling this way. And then you maybe ask yourself a layer of why questions, like ask yourself five why questions. Well, why am I feeling this way? Why, why is it that this music is so jarring to me? Well, maybe you don't like the message or the type of culture it's associated with. Okay. Well, why? And you start to do that 
as you're listening to music or as you're meditating, if you think, I can't really relax today, or I'm really feeling agitated as I sit here, and you ask yourself those why questions, then you honor yourself, and in doing so, you allow yourself to focus, so you're targeting and you're focusing your emotions, because music is an emotional experience, just like meditation is an emotional experience. It's, they are experiences where you're working with your emotions and how something really makes you feel. And so when you honor where you are, you just get better and better at the experience. You become better and better at meditating and you become better at music, I'm sure, as well. Yeah, this is, this is something that I've been trying to do myself because admittedly I think I've been very bad about this for many years uh we very often sit kind of in our high castle in classical music and think that classical music is the best and other genres of music are not worthwhile and things like that and especially since doing this podcast and and thinking you know I should I should practice what I preach I'm trying to ask people to have an open mind, take a non-judgmental approach and really listen to what classical music has to offer. I've been trying to hold, uh, hold myself to that with other types of music. And I've actually found in certain instances, it's a process and it takes a little while, but in certain instances, I've, I've discovered things that I, that I absolutely love outside of, of my kind of isolated world sometimes of of classical music. So I actually, I wanted to go back and ask you about something you mentioned earlier. And you, you mentioned that we have a sort of mini meditation that we could do. And I've mentioned at various points on, on this podcast that I think a really good, uh, thing for our listeners to do if they're going to a concert, cause, cause going to a live concert, even more than sitting down to meditate for 10 minutes, you know, sitting down to meditate for 10 minutes is something that pretty much anyone can do every day. And going to a live concert, unfortunately, is not that way. It's, it's a two-hour commitment. Um, you really have to, to, you have to buy a ticket. It costs money. You have to um, prepare. And so it's, it's a real event. And so I want for our listeners to make the most of those experiences because they're important events. They can go an enormous way into helping you develop your listening skills and practice. But I think I'm always someone who wants to make the most of every opportunity. And so I was curious if you have, I'd love to do a little mini meditation exercise with you here. And you had mentioned I'm curious if uh, to hear what this is and if this could potentially be used by some of our listeners or myself or uh, to prepare oneself for a concert and to get the mind in the right frame to have this sort of soft focus to be able to both catch details but uh, kind of... Uh, appreciate and realize the, the totality of what's going on. So I'm, I would love to, uh, try out your, your mini meditation exercise here. 
that'd be great. Well, I want to say one thing too. Sure. And this is something that I, um, I often share with um, people that I've, I've coached in the past. And if you're going to something that's new, or maybe you're not sure about it, or maybe you're not really understanding it or even looking forward to it, maybe you feel like some real judgment, or maybe it's a stressful situation. It could be confronting someone or, or anything. So if you find that you're going to a concert and, you know, it's two hours and you're not sure how to best appreciate it, if you can take... So if you can kind of do the opposite of soft focus, so you're going to listen to one element, the music, but if you start to take in the whole surrounding and you start to think about, wow, these people have been preparing for so long. I wonder what made them choose this day or this venue or the music composition. And I wonder, and you start to kind of bring in other elements or all the people around you, you know, these people, because that's really the experience. You start to notice the people in the audience or um, just just all the nuances that you can gather about the event. Then you feel more a part of it because you're letting your judgments which separate you, you're letting those fall away, and you're just there, open and receptive, just as you are when you meditate really well. You're open and you're receptive. So if you can just prepare yourself in that way and think about um, even like, oh, the weather's like this, I wonder how that's going to impact it, or this is going on, I wonder if some people will be late, there was you know, rush hour traffic or, or whatever it is. And you kind of bring all that in and just become aware. You just become aware of the, what's happening and what's going on. Then you are so much more receptive to, to really anything, you know, including meditation uh, or music. Yeah, you know, that, this remind, I was, I was going to say something that I forgot earlier, which, which you reminded me of right now, which is that, um, and it's a great point, you know, a lot of, Frequent concert goers have this stuffy or attitude about live concerts. It's it's frowned upon. People always get mad when people cough in concerts. You're supposed to sit there totally silently and and still. And of course, I'm a supporter of sitting silently, respecting the other people around you, things like that. But I've also come to find it's actually a really interesting, when you close your eyes in a concert hall, you listen really closely, you try to take in the totality of, of what you're hearing, you inevitably hear the sounds of the people around you. There will be a cough. There will be, you know, there's, it, like you said, weather, it's raining. And you can take that two ways. You can choose to take that as this is disrupting my live concert experience or what I find, which is really interesting, is first of all, I, I I think I've developed that skill decently well from from meditating on the bus and things like that. That I can take those sounds and not let them disturb me too much. But also, those sounds, just like everything produced from the stage, the beauty of a live performance, and this would be true even if you took all the ambient sounds out from the concert hall, is that it's different every time, and so. 
when I listen to a live performance, you listen carefully. One musician's having a good day, another musician's having a bad day. That's going to impact how the piece sounds, and it's going to sound different from a Friday to a Saturday. At a certain spot, someone's going to cough. <laughs> At another spot, someone's not going to cough. That's going to impact that. And if you, what you were saying is is great, and that's what I've tried to do recently. And is just is just listen and and the live sounds, the the ambient noise, the people around you. That's all part of the the concert experience, and it can serve to enhance that as opposed to detract from it. And it makes me think of there's this piece by John Cage, the 20th century composer called 433, which is, it's a piece where the orchestra or whoever's playing it comes out and just sits in silence for four minutes and 33 seconds. And, and the piece as it's, I I guess the, the idea of the piece is that the ambient sound around you is the music. And that's the most extreme example, but that's an example of that piece is never going to be the same because the ambient noises will always be different. And he's actually stripped any of the music out. And it's just the ambient noise that, that is, if you want to call it music, then, then the music. And so it makes me, it certainly makes me, me think of that. Um, that's awesome. I just want to mention yeah. something. One of my kind of taglines is make your meditation ritual a little rough around the edges. Don't make it so intimidating, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't be intimidated by your own meditation ritual. You know, it's not some high art. When I started meditating, I often had to meditate. Um, I had two children, and when they were at their soccer practice or I was waiting for them because I just didn't have a lot of time, you know, when you have young right. children. And so I would meditate when, you know, it was so noisy. I was sitting in a parking lot in my car, and I would just make it happen. So just make it happen yeah. the way it's supposed to happen, but just get it done. I think that's a, the most of the experience. I think that's so, a yeah. great, great motto to take in, into the concert hall as well. Um, so do you, you have this uh, mini meditation for us. I'd love to, yeah. I'd love to try it out. Close your eyes. Become aware of your surroundings. Sit up straight. As your eyes are closed, gently elevate them upward to the point between your eyebrows, keeping your thoughts uplifted. shoulders and your chest. Relax your arms and your hands, resting them in your lap.
Relax your hips and feel grounded as you're seated. Feel connected to this space and this time. Relax your thighs. Soften your knees. Relax your calves. Relax your feet. Take a nice deep inhale through your nose. And as you exhale through your nose, release tension. of what you're about to experience. Notice the sounds around you. People shuffling, conversation, little subtleties of sound all around you. Visualize the colors, the textures, engage your senses as you bring in all your surroundings. with your space. Feel the music within you. The subtlest sound. And the combination the sights, the sounds, the feel of the music. 
immerse yourself in the total experience. All right. Well, thank you so much for that, for that exercise. I was, you know, I think from, from my vantage point, this is a great thing for our listeners to do at home to build some of these listening and awareness skills. But I also think potentially I'm, I'm curious what you think, but, but, uh, um, some sort of modification of this, uh, meditation maybe without music but with just ambient sound could be used right before a concert either again at home listening to some music or just in the five minutes before the concert starts in your chair in the concert hall to prepare this this soft and more directed focus which you're undoubtedly going to use when you go to a concert and try to apply some of these techniques is that uh, do you think that our listeners could potentially apply this? And I mean, I, I'm sure it will be an excellent thing to practice at home, but but hopefully it might also work in in a concert hall as well. Yes, I think so. I think it would be great for that. It's well, and I'm I'm looking forward to doing this on on a daily basis myself to improve my own <laughs> listening. So. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you about just briefly, because some of our listeners probably will be newer to meditation, and I just wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, I, I don't try to make any particularly bold um, claims on this podcast, certainly because uh, I don't, in, in the same way that uh, we don't have the same level of science necessarily to back the idea that music is is really healthy, although I think there's general consensus that that's the case and stuff like that, but there's actually been a lot of scientific research around meditation, um, as you mentioned, I think especially in in recent years. And so I'm just curious if you could talk briefly about the some of the either some of the personal benefits you feel you've gotten from meditation or some of the actual scientific literature out there on meditation and how this can benefit people's lives? Sure. Well, I'll start with just sharing why people are probably wanting to meditate and that, you know, has to do with stress. Stress is, you know, they say an epidemic these days, but I think that really it's not necessarily these days. I think stress is part of our, our life yeah. and how we manage stress has everything to do with how stress will impact your body physically as well as you um, psychologically, mentally, spiritually. And meditation and yoga and other forms of rituals that help to relax your mind and body, they are considered to help you manage the way you respond to stress. And Really, it has to do with kind of training your brain, which we mentioned a little bit earlier when you 
do something over and over and over again, you, you kind of appreciate it more, you get better at it. So meditation is something that can help your brain's stress response system. And it does this by the body's automatic response to stress is controlled by the autonomic nervous system. So I don't want to get too science in, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. So I'm curious. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the autonomic nervous system is the key player in how you react to stress. And then there is the, the sympathetic nervous system, which isn't really sympathetic. That's the fight or flight part <laughs> of your brain. And then the parasympathetic nervous system. So when you're exposed to stress, your nervous system, you know, it, it, it mobilizes to get you to fight or flee from some stressful situation. And you can experience shortness of breath. You can experience maybe stomach upset, backache, headache. Your muscles and organs and glands react. Well, the parasympathetic nervous system helps to counterbalance the sympathetic nervous system's response to stress so it helps basically the parasympathetic nervous system helps to return your body to more of its natural baseline state so after a stressful situation when you do something such as meditation or listening to classical music is an excellent probably one of the best kinds of music to listen to to help you manage stress and this is going to activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which kind of soothes and calms your body down. How I've noticed this in my own life, many people are often surprised, and they say this again and again to me, that they're surprised at how much more confident they feel from meditating. And I think that the reason why people feel so much more confident after meditating is because when you meditate, as we talked about in the episode, you really honor yourself. You become aware of how you're feeling so you don't stuff your emotions and feel like, you know, this stressful thing happened to me, but I refuse to get stressed. I'm just going to, that person's just going to have to, you know, wait because I'm not going to get stressed now. You know, we just honor like, wow, that was kind of an, a stressful experience and I'm, I'm feeling kind of, you know, some anxiety here and my breath is is beat, or my heart's beating faster my breath is coming more rapidly so let me just you know kind of relax and pull away from this a little bit and you literally can calm yourself in this way you can feel it and um so this is what I've noticed for myself and then you just feel better you feel you don't feel so anxious or worried about the unknown. You feel more empowered because you feel like you can handle things a little better. And and I think you don't judge yourself as much. And so you don't judge others as much. And so you just kind of accept yourself as you are, but you're getting better. You're, you're, it's, it's a real form of self-improvement because you honor yourself so you want to treat yourself better you're gentler it's just a real all-encompassing 
mind, body, spirit type of ritual. And I think most people, they, they are able to manage stress better, but they still get stressed, still lose their temper, those kinds of things. It's life. But you feel better. You feel more confident. And that's what I've experienced in my life. Yeah, well, I have to say, I, you know, I think for me, I find that meditation um, has certainly done, done all of those things. It's, it's, I think, approved my attention, approved my focus. Um, and I also think that, that listening to classical music has done a lot of that for me. And specifically, this is the thing, is specifically listening with intention, with the goal of being non-judgmental, of having soft, all the stuff that we've talked about. Because I think like listening to classical music, if you meditate in, I don't want to say the wrong way, but in a a self-destructive way or something like, you're not going to necessarily get all of the benefits that you do if you, if you commit to being non-judgmental and to doing the things that, that we've talked about. And, um, yeah. And I, and I, and I just think that my hope is that I, these are very stressful times that we're all living through right now. And so I think for me, no better time than to start meditating, which I think can help so many aspects of people's lives, including their, their classical music listening practice and vice versa. For me, there's never a better time to start listening to classical music, but especially when people may have a little extra stress in their life, a little lack of focus, lack of attention. It's a great time to exercise some of those, the brain muscle, as it were, by by listening with a little more attention and and focus. And so, uh, Mary, I wanted to thank you so much for, for joining us today, and I, I wanted to ask if if there's a way for our listeners to follow you, uh, download the app, anything like that, uh, that you can, you can tell us about, about what you're doing these days. Yeah, thank you. Well, I want to thank you for this interview. And I also want to congratulate you on this awesome podcast because, uh, what you're doing with the classical music is so important because sound is so powerful. It's, used often in meditation and classical music is one of the kinds of music that helps elevate you you know sound can be um very positive but it can also be detrimental Mm -hmm. and classical music is you know just shown across the board as really elevating you so it's a great way to calm your mind and body and if you combine it with meditation that's great as well um, so I have the daily meditation podcast. It's a daily meditation and, um, I just don't guide you through meditation. I share a meditation technique with you that you can do in your own meditation. So it's really a lot for, um, beginners or people who already meditate. They just want to make their ritual a little more dynamic by doing different techniques. And then, um, the sip and ohm pot or rather app that app has over 2,000 half hour guided meditations so if you want a, a, a guided more extensive true meditation experience um, that is the place
Olympics, and you can try it for two weeks free. There's a journal that goes along with each week's theme, so you get a daily journal, and you get a guide with the different techniques for that week's series on the app. So that's how you can find find me. And so the sip portion of this is, it also includes tea, am I correct in that? (laughs) Yeah, we have herbal tea subscription boxes, so you can get like Uh a clarity box or a mental focus box, but um, we're actually putting a pause on that because right now during the pandemic, um, the really good organic sustainably sourced herbs that we we like to share, um, those are almost impossible yeah Uh, so so after this we'll be up you know we'll be um rolling with the herbal teas again i'll have to i'll have to order some i've been drinking uh my my matcha tea that i drink every day here during this yeah (laughs) fantastic yeah Yeah. well i want to thank you again so much for joining us i want to encourage all of our listeners to go subscribe and listen to the the daily meditation podcast and to download the app and uh yeah, once again, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us and we will uh, we will see our listeners. We'll be back soon.